it. Episode 490. 490. Yes, that is the proper response to that. No Laugh Track podcast here in Minneapolis. I'm Justin Severson, the host. I am here with a gentleman that has been, I don't know, four, five, maybe five podcasts with me here. Maybe more. I'm not sure. At least four. I think it's my fourth time here. Okay. Yeah. That's Matthew Broussard that you're seeing. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube or hearing, if you're uh, using one of your favorite uh, podcast apps. And here we go. Here we go. It's not, I didn't realize there was a video last time, and then I saw the video, and now I'm like, oh, that's where the camera is. Gotta, gotta get my good angles. Yeah. We, didn't, good. We, we hid that from you? I just didn't know. Oh, interesting. I just did not know. It's my third time back since the pandemic, I think. I, you have to be one of the few that have been like three, yeah, three weeks here in the last, since 2020. Yeah, yeah. this was like my first headlighting date back, back when we were sitting, it was just a weird... It was just a table, uh, just pairs of two seats, no chair, uh, no tables. Right. And I think maximum occupancy was like 75 to 100 or something in a room that seats how many? 200 something? 275, 280? Yeah. yeah. Fire so, Marshal, 275? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's really good to be back. Nothing excites my imposter syndrome like getting to perform at this club. It's just <laughs> the best. People at comics are like, how'd you get in there? I'm like, I'm not sharing anything. Yeah. This is too good of a club to be a part of to, to, sh- right. to spread the wealth. It's y- the best. You've got it and you've kept it. I've, so I've held on, which is such a, it's not to dwell on the failings of others, but to look at the wall in there and see the names that came once or twice and haven't come back. You're like, I guess I'm doing something okay that I'm still in this. You know, I'm, I'm 34, turning 35 this year. And it's like, it's much more of an endurance game than I ever thought it was. Just holding on and, and you know, catching catching heat, catching waves, and just staying afloat. For sure. Just, just keep on doing material, keep performing, keep working at it, because it's, it's tiring and it's... <laughs> long and it's a hard it's a hard life in the long term how has the last year been you were last time you were here was october 2021 so i guess we did you skipped 2022 but it's just that little over a year yeah since you've been yeah. here not not enough to have a full new hour but I'm trying to write i'm uh, just performing a lot trying to write as much as i can um trying to turn over material i've put out a lot of material i haven't put out a special but i put out just a lot of material in the last i think i put out something right before the pandemic that came out in 2020 and then i did a Tonight Show set, and yeah. I did a Comedy Central set, and I did uh, uh, a Don't Tell set. So just a lot, putting a lot of material online. I think in the last year, uh, what's changed the most is just putting my clips online and doing a better job with that. And the reception has been very warm, and it's been extremely validating. And those those clips are turning into people showing up to shows. So this is kind of the first first go round of like, let's see who shows up and you know promote these well and. You know, hopefully get some people there to see me. So that's been a, a shift in lifestyle. And uh, I've been touring with Bert Kreischer. That's been probably the other biggest development since I was last here. That's, yes. I did not have that written down anywhere. But in the, no, the you've unlocked that memory. of see, Yes. Have you posted about that? He posted about that. Yes. Yes. I did see that. And that all began in 2014. I was making a living as a college, kind of doing colleges and getting a little bit of industry heat living out in L.A. Yeah. I just moved there. And I went home to do a college show in Atlanta, and I, I asked, uh, asked if I could feature while I was home at the Punchline, and they let me feature that weekend for Bert, who I didn't know much a ton about, but I featured for him all weekend, and it was amazing weekend. Um, last show of the weekend, my my mom came, and uh, I had a I had a solid set that night, and Bert spends the first couple minutes making fun of me, and then halfway through his set, hears me laugh. And uh, says, all right, get up on stage, bring your mom. And he makes me and my mom come on stage 
makes us take a shot, and he asks my mom. He says, "You think Matthew's funny?" She goes, "I don't know." He she says, "Yes. Do you think? Uh, do you think you wish he was still working in finance?" She said, "Yeah." He said, "You think he's going to make it in comedy?" She says, "I don't know." And he says, "I think he will." Here's a shot, and he did that in a room full of strangers. It was one of the most validating. It was a really. There's so many stories I have about Bert being a great guy, but that's my favorite because it was it was having a room full of witnesses to a successful comedian telling my mom to not worry about me. And then we didn't talk for eight years. <laughs> didn't see him, didn't connect online really, maybe just in passing once. And then about a year ago, maybe a little less, I got a message on Instagram say, hey, we want to want to do some dates with me? I said, absolutely. And I've uh, been on the road with him. That's all that happens? Yeah. An yeah. Instagram message? Instagram message. So we it didn't do. go to your spam, thankfully. It's supposed to follow goodness. him already. So. <laughs> Bert, yeah, Bert is a spam bot. <laughs> um, and uh, we do, when I go out on the road with him, it's typically like four, four states in four days. He does big, big rooms, yeah. thousands of people, and no matter where, he can pull out thousands of people, tiny little cities. And He's in I'll Minnesota be, this month, I believe. I think I'm around. I might be around for that. No, February? No, I'm not. But I did do, I feel like I did Minnesota with him. I can't remember what city. Um, and we'll do, we'll sleep on a bus. You know, we, we do the shows. I'm one of uh, two or three openers. We do the shows, and we you know drink or have fun on, on the bus or at a bar, and then we get in our little bunk beds on the bus, and the uh, bus drives overnight and you wake up in a new state and we go out and have a fun day and then do shows and uh got to open for him for his uh, netflix special which was really special oh uh, cool because i got to see the hour kind of shape up over time and get to seeing the final product live was really really cool he is he is a real i mean he's brilliant he's brilliant at comedy his his storytelling i don't know anyone who tells stories as well as him and he certainly has an understanding of the business and that's very fun to learn and how he handles his day-to-day. I have a couple questions. Yeah. Was that, uh, going back a couple of minutes here, is that the first time you'd ever done a shot with your mom? Yes. Because I yes, don't think I've mom. ever done that. No, she doesn't drink at all. Yeah. She's 105 pounds. Um, no, that's probably the last, that's probably the only shot she's taken in the last 50 years. <laughs> Maybe in her life. Isn't that great? Being honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, brought on by Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer. And then the other th- thing I wanted to ask you was, had you ever done anything like that? Like slept on a bus for no. a amount of time? Traveled it? No, yeah, there's no? a lot of little things. You have to sleep with your feet facing the front of the bus because if it breaks too suddenly, you might snap your neck. <gasps> oh, my God. I yeah. never thought of that. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. There's no, like, no. strap down Nothing. or something. You're no, just, you're yeah. a, little, a little bunk. I bring a weighted blanket. That's my trick for the road. Weighted blanket. Okay. Yeah. And it's very... It's in some ways it's hard to sleep, but in other ways it's very comforting. It's this little cocoon. The wor- whole world feels shut off. It's this dark curtain. You have a little lamp up your right. You're tight in there, and uh, the ru- the the ro- the the whir of the bus, the roar of the bus is is rather. Um, What's the word? It kind of rocks you to sleep. Sure. Yeah. The white noise kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I remember I, uh, years ago I used to go on these tours to go see like baseball stadiums and we we would ride not in like a sleeper mm-hmm. tour bus or something but one of these you know luxury cruiser type things you know with the nice cushy seats with the bathroom in the back yeah but there was always a rule no dumping you could pee in there but if you yeah. had to take a dump you wait till we stop somewhere that's the rule Is as it? well yes <laughs> yes and it's yeah that's a hard one you got to plan your poops very, very well Never saw that coming. No, no, yeah, you're like, gotta, gotta hold it in. <laughs> Love and, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Porter is gonna be here. What next? Next week? Week or two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, next week. And he's tour- he just wrapped up doing some shows with Bert. I saw yeah. on social media. Yeah, yeah. Bert picks uh, a couple openers at a time, and he's he has a uh, 
he seems to be have an eye for like good young comics to bring on the road with him. So it's really cool to be included in that batch. People like Shane Torres, Moses Storm, Love Shane, yeah, yeah, oh Shane, Shane's all uh, no laugh track favorites. Yeah, yep. yeah. You um, weren't there. Uh, I remember seeing his. He got stuck in a big snowstorm in like North Dakota. Were I missed that it? by one day. Really? I was at Mark Norman's wedding to May Planner, and um, I felt so so bad because I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to that wedding day. I don't want to miss it. Can I catch up with the tour on Friday and just miss the Wednesday Thursday dates? And uh, best routing I've ever taken in my life. I just flew to Des Moines and met them in Des Moines. And I think all their shows got canceled, so I didn't miss a thing. Wow. Yeah, and. Um, I felt they, they they were all these these just wounded warriors coming off uh, what looked like the bus driver said there was about four feet of visibility just a whiteout storm driving yeah. through Wyoming or looked, something like that. It looked awful. Awful. Looked awful. awful. Just, so you were at Norman's wedding. I yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan of Tuesdays with Stories and him and yeah. listen everybody. So I heard all about that, but just listening through podcast. But yeah. you were there. Very cool. Yeah, it was a great time. Had so. to been a who's who of. Uh, Young comedians. It was it was a good lot of comedians there. So my girlfriend does a podcast with May. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Risque Business News, great podcast. So May is a regular at our uh, apartment, and so is her cat. So Greg Normand or Greg Planet? I don't know. I don't know what the last name is, but their their cat Greg and our cat Password are are basically. They're best buddies because Greg stays with us when they're out of town, and Password stays with them when they're out of town. Okay. So they're they're uh, uh, eunuch gay lovers, the two of them. <laughs> they're very they're very friendly with each other. And Greg is this giant Maine Coon who does not understand his size uh, and just knocks stuff over constantly. And um, yeah, really really great cats. <laughs> you are you not doing your podcast with her anymore? I do. We're we're just a bit a bit on hiatus. Oh okay. Yeah, okay. just with. Just, Right now, the other last thing about years, I'm gone at least half the time, so okay. that's that's been tough. Fair enough. Yeah, I was just looking for updates. I was going to listen to some le- leading up to you coming here. I'm like, well, there's the newest one was November, I think. So. Yeah, we got to get it. Yeah, we got to get it together. With all of our schedules, it's hard to get a guest. I remember that it wasn't the last time. A couple times ago, you, when you were here, you're telling the, telling me about. I think it was the, yeah the first the first COVID run, mm-hmm. and you had gone out and performed with Chappelle. Right. right? You took a road trip. With yes. Your girlfriend and the cat. That's is that, right. Is that right? Yes, and Dave Chappelle called my cat gay. So, <laughs> is that why they tried to cancel my Netflix? That's why they tried to cancel. thought our cat was a girl. Like that's actually a boy. He's like, if it's a boy, it's a very gay cat. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just leaving my house to come over here, and I'm at the intersection. I look over. There's a pickup truck, and a guy was petting his cat mm. that was sitting on the dashboard. Oh yeah. I've never I've never seen that before. Yeah. Cats can be all sorts of. We cat sit for our friend who found this cat on the street, and it loves showers, and it will just stand directly under sink faucets while it's running. What? Cats can do all. Some cats can walk. Our cat's good at being outdoors. We used to take our cat on walks in New York. You can't do that, but we got our cat to walk basically half a mile straight with a leash on. It was pretty great. <laughs> too many distractions in New York, or too many. Uh, yeah, da- just danger. danger, danger, danger. One bus, one bus hiss could like send it flying into the streets. So that, that's, that's a little scary. <laughs> that's and our cat's a total coward. So that's very true. That's very true. Um, let's see. I have so many things I wanted to talk to you about here. Oh, I saw a picture of you. I don't remember what it. Oh, you're recording. For, this will lead to a whole bunch of stuff. So mm-hmm. I saw just recently you were advertising something you did voice thing with Mike Kaplan and some yes. other people. What is yes. that? Yes, I did a project called IntroQuest. 
um, that was a, we did it kind of during the pandemic. It's an audio, audible series. So it's this fantasy adventure series and it's um, pure audio. So it's a, a very, it was a cool voice acting experience because you had to make sure everything was demonstrated uh, via sound. The setting, the characters, the action. Uh, all had to be done during uh, via sound, so that was a that was a really cool experience. So that's out now. You can check out Intraquest on all Are platforms. You, so you're a character. I'm yeah, one of the character? three top. Yeah, one of the main three characters of this with with Mike Kaplan and Mike Leibowitz. Okay, so very good time. Awesome, especially if you love uh, fantasy adventure stuff. Okay, how long is the whole? Thing? I, I believe it's eight episodes. Eight. One hour episodes or okay. half hour episodes? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Definitely check that out. This is what I was going to uh, lead to. So I saw the picture that you put, or maybe he did, advertise talking about that. You were wearing an At Midnight t shirt. Yes. And now this week there's been an announcement about At Midnight. I didn't know that. It's coming back. With Hardwick? No. With whom? They have not announced. Oh. You didn't know this. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really cool. It's not going to be on Comedy Central. No. No, it's going to replace James Corden on CBS. Whoa. Wow. Yes. Oh, so that's going to be really star-studded. That's going to be like Terry Crews and oh, I'll, I'll I'll poke my agents about that. Yeah, I got to do it one time and I remember I was just I, I had to like fly basically overnight and then my buzzer didn't work and I was so disappointed about how I did the oh, one no. time I did it. But um that was cool. I just I did a show kind of similar in London that uh should air soon or i'm not supposed to say we filmed it in london but it was a a comedy panel show with a lot of great comics on it that was that the one that norman and joe list went on yes yeah, what did they say about it because that'll say what i'm allowed to say about it uh that they did not like the experience is what they said it was challenging it was they, a lot of writing I, whole, yes a lot of yeah. writing and the, and i thought in fact in a recent episode of tuesdays with stories they're like i i wouldn't care if that doesn't come out <laughs> i will uh I'll take their money. The money was good for me. I don't know if it was good for them. Yes, that too. Yeah, that the money was the money really was good. absurd for me, and they. I know for Marky probably lost money on it, but um, it was good money. It was a chance to go to London. I've never been. I got to do spots there, and they like. We only we only filmed two days, but they kept us there for like eleven days, and they added me for one other show, um, which was great. But uh, more money, and then a lot more writing because it was like twenty pages of prompts where you had to write like. Oh, wow. Probably like 20 to 30 prompts, and you had to write like 5 to 15 jokes because it was six panelists. Holy moly. So you moly. couldn't just write jokes. You had to write jokes anticipating that five other people would go before you. And then you get to your jokes. So every turn, you'd have to cross off some and pray you have some left by the time they get to you. So it was, it was having to think of jokes that weren't conquered already or might be off the path. So I was just taking Adderall and nicotine and whatever I could to just write. Because the last day, I only had one day to write for it, and I just crammed it. And I was like deliriously tired. It was it was a it was a grueling experience because they were trying to. It's the first season, and they were trying to find like their voice, sure. trying to figure out the format, and just playing with kind of every different take on it, overshooting like crazy. And when they edit it together, it's going to look really smooth and slick and all off the cuff. But for us, it was um, just a real marathon. I see. Cool getting to be there in London performing for those crowds Very as well. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so one, one of the I like the format as well. I love shows where you can just go up and say one-liners with a prompt. That's that's a very fun writing assignment. Yeah, and then and then tell it for a mm. uh, consumer. That stuff's mm -hmm. fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, would you be willing to? So they don't have a host for this thing. They haven't. It's not going to be Chris Hardwick. Mm. And I saw on uh, Instagram earlier today. I think it was Paul F. Tompkins. Oh. Was posting and he was like, hey. CBS, just so you know, I'll take a thousand a week. 
I'm available. He is. I've met him maybe once. I went in to do a rehearsal pitch for some kind of trivia show where I was one of two teams of two. And, and Paul was like giving the topics, the prompts. And there were eight executives sitting there just to watch how it went. And we were more or less just sitting there to try to just kind of block the flow, uh, block out, like see the flow of the show and how it might run. It wasn't an audience to make laugh. It was just a setting where you were more or less a crash test dummy or a stand-in to just talk and see how the turns would rotate. And Paul was hosting it. And Paul made those eight executives laugh like they were a crowd. I, it's, I've seen very few things like that in my life. He is a very, very funny person in any setting. Yeah, he's great. One, yeah, one of the hardest crowds. Because I was trying to be funny and I was failing. We all were except Paul. He's. I would love to see him at that. Yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to try and undercut him, say like 900 a week? 900? Ooh, maybe. Maybe? Maybe. I'd have to grow a mustache, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> How are things in New York these days? Great. Very busy. Lots of shows. Um, good crowd. Lots of stuff. The The whole comedy scene's still reorganizing since the pandemic, because when the pandemic hit, a lot of those like staple alt shows kind of fell apart and never came back together, and a bunch of young comics, particularly women, Started setting up their shows, so now all the shows are run by like female comics, and they're way better at running shows. It's a much better system now with women running things, so I appreciate that part of it. And we have places like the Tiny Cupboard in Brooklyn, which has like two shows a night at least, um, and places like Sesh, which have shows like six shows a weekend. So all these new venues besides the clubs that are really pulling in young uh, crowds, big crowds, and um, it's a great place to be doing jokes. There was a I, which which club just closed in New York? Car Caroline's? Caroline's. Did you they, ever I was not a regular there, so I no uh, connection there. Or? I didn't dance on their grave, but I didn't exactly uh, <laughs> speak their eulogy. Okay. Yeah. Were there people that danced on their grave? No, no, <laughs> no. They were never. They never built a bad reputation with anyone. They were just a headliner club, and they only had. I talked to the woman who booked it. She was like, "I have four showcases a month that I get to book." When you put it in that numbers, I'm like, you get to book 24 comics a month. There's thousands of comedians in New York. No hard feelings there. You know, there's other a lot of the other clubs in New York will have but multiple shows a night, all house-produced shows with six comics each. So those are the real club. Like, Caroline's was a good developmental place for some people. It was a cool club, it was a, but it was, a, it was a headliner club, okay. first and foremost. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Last time we were here, I listened back, of course, and you said something. We talked about social media, and you were like, well, right now... I can't log in to my accounts or something like that. You were, you didn't have it on your phone or something. It was. Oh yeah, I probably pulled the apps off my phone. Yeah. So where are you now? I'm back. You're I'm back. a little addicted to Facebook, which is weird because Facebook's the worst. Facebook just shows me the same eight posts for three days from like people I don't remember. When I'm on Facebook and it shows me a post like uh, just you know, I think earlier today it was like something from the weekend. Mm -hmm. Don't miss the blah blah blah. This yeah. I missed it. There should be a, a system where this just deletes. Yes. I shouldn't be seeing things promoting something from Saturday. Yeah, and it shows them to me for multiple days. Yes. I don't get it, but it does show me a lot of hometown drama. One of my favorite things is Houston. I started in Houston, and like the open mic level squabbles of Houston are on full broadcast because newer comics tend to have no shame and talking shit and calling people out and it's so fun to sit back and watch and not interact with in any way so that that is a, a big source <laughs> of it i i really thought i was I remember when i lived in houston i was so excited to move beyond all of that petty squabbles and now it's one of my prime times it's, <laughs> it's fantastic 
That's awesome. Yeah. How about TikTok? TikTok's got me a little bit hooked. TikTok and Instagram Reels, but I try to teach the algorithm. TikTok is it's some fun cat videos and some like goofy, really silly stuff on TikTok, and then a lot of math videos. And I've I've trained it to like show me more math and science stuff, which is good. You're getting so math and science, science. that yeah. that actually exists somewhere. Oh yeah, in great stuff. And then YouTube's great because YouTube's where I'm having a lot of luck with my own videos, but my YouTube algorithm shows me really good, a lot of math stuff there. But then like weird like. I watched a 20-minute video on why uh, middle-budget movies don't succeed anymore in Hollywood. Like, just the in-depth are like Easter eggs from a movie I just watched. They're like video game tips for a game I'm playing. But YouTube is a really smart, enriching algorithm. I don't feel so drained after getting on YouTube the way I, I do on Instagram and yeah. TikTok. I, I, yeah, I feel that as well. And Twitter is, is entertaining again because it's just such a mess. Yeah. Yesterday it crashed for a while or yeah. went down for a while. Just and, open yeah. racism and misogyny. It's the craziest <laughs> people. Yeah, YouTube's a smart place if you can, if you want it to be. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I went to uh, so I've been I caught myself getting too much into watch going scrolling through lives oh. on TikTok. Uh, you find like I can't believe some of the things people spend their times doing. But mm-hmm. la- a guy that I've got hooked watching five ten minutes a night. Almost every night for the last few weeks now. It's a guy that just sits there and plays Madden. Wow. Yeah, football. Yeah. Yeah. And this last night... Twitch. That, that was... La- end on Twitch. Okay. Uh, last night, uh, I went to bed watching this guy. It was mm-hmm. the last thing I looked at. Gotta go. Turn it off. Woke up this morning. He was still playing. Wow. Yeah. 12 hours, the guy was saying he was still playing. Wow. Yeah. Is that against other people online or against the... Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep, he's so streaming, playing other people online. Yeah. Yes. Are you a gamer at all? Nintendo, um, like Hollow Knight, Ori, any Mario game, Zelda, like that. The, the basics, the more childish, cartoonish stuff I really, really like. Sure. I can't get into My girlfriend usually hogs up the, the consoles. She plays. She played Elden Rings, and now she's playing Ragnarok, whatever, Gods of War Ragnarok. Um, and she'll play like Breath of the Wild. She'll probably play the new Zelda when it comes out. And she'll play the Hogwarts when it comes out next. I think that's her cue. Look at that. Yeah. Do you watch her play? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I don't like the the gruesome manly games as much as the like bright, sunny games like Zelda. Sure. Now I'm a big sports fan, so I like the sports games. You're not. No. Sports aren't your thing. No. no. I watch swimming. That's I was going to say, in swimming, they never made a good uh, no. video game. No, but it's <laughs> it's a fun sport to watch right now. It's the best college season I've ever seen, and, and I've been watching it for, what, 17 years. I've never seen a season like this. There's one kid. There's one French kid who's only a sophomore from ASU training under Bob Bowman, who was Michael, Felman, uh, Michael Phelps' coach. He's number one in the nation at seven of 13 events. I've never once witnessed that. Wow. Wow. Like to put that in perspective, that's like uh like Michael Phelps was good at what, like six? Yeah. Well he never swam college, so you can't really compare. Phelps would have been comparable. He could have just swept a lot of events. I'm certain he would have had Phelps could have had six, six or seven. Just just a real freak. Um and yeah, only twenty. And then on the women's side there's UVA, the girl there's like three girls, two of whom are sisters, who are like between the three of them I think will 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 probably take like eight of the events yeah we got one more year until olympics again yeah yeah is that right yeah it's tw- uh, 24 it's, gonna be, summer olympics. it's gonna be a great one for well europe is gonna do very well i think europe is gonna there's gonna be some europeans who really dominate the americans i don't think the americans have the same depth as the europeans on the men's side 
people uh we're gonna we're gonna promote how, how great swimming is right, yeah right now even more than what you were just saying here's this, something i looked up um can swimming improve your sex life matthew broussard absolutely absolutely yeah why how do you know how uh, I, I lower body fat percentage can lead to higher libido, I believe, and uh, uh, muscle, more muscle mass also boosts testosterone, which I imagine boosts libido. Stamina in general will probably help it. Physical attraction, swimmers have the best bodies. Uh, that would be my guesses. Yes. Okay. Th- you pretty much nailed it. Yeah. Uh, there was a, uh, a professor at the University of Texas' Department of Kinesiology and Health Education did a research group and proved all this. Regular exercise promotes heart and vascular health. Mm-hmm. So then you uh, last longer. Uh, let's see. Regular sexual activity can include blah, 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 blah. It, uh, that, of course, staves off isolation. What was the part I was going to read here about the... Um, well, basically, like, yeah, like you said, like it, it makes... Um, like some women may, or men may not want to... They don't feel comfortable being naked in front of their significant oh. others. But if they're a swimmer... They're very comfortable. Swimmers are very comfortable with nudity. Yes. Yes. They are used to being naked or nearly naked in front of a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I feel more naked wearing my underwear than wearing a Speedo. If I ever have to get down to my underwear in front of people, like, I'm so sorry. But then I put on a Speedo, I can just, like, do cartwheels around the pool deck. It's a very strange feeling. I saw, uh, speaking of Facebook, I saw a post yesterday. This uh, woman, she must have her son or something on a team, and it was mm-hmm. like, end of the season, last meet. And I, uh, she had posted a video of, like, the start of a race. And... Half the guys are wearing these long shorts. Yeah, that's a championship. Yeah, you you wouldn't be caught dead in the speedo at, at like a real race because you want more compression and more coverage. That's a five hundred dollars suit they're wearing, by the way. That's, really? You want the maximum coverage because the surface of a of a competition suit is going to be far more hydrodynamic than your skin, and the compression will also add to that. And yeah, you would. You would typically, that's like suited races versus unsuited races. Maybe in season, you'd wear a regular uh, brief cut, but for for racing, you want all the coverage you can get. The women wear down to their knees over their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever invest in one of those? Well, I was swimming at a time when you would wear the full body ones, where those were still legal. So they would go over your shoulders down to your ankles, and those, and you could, they got so bad that they were like made of like full polyurethane panels, which polyurethane is not just incredibly hydrodynamic; it's also buoyant, which creates a new level of cheating. And there are records on the book from that era, which was I think through '09, uh, that have still not been broken because they were such impossibly fast times due to the. Uh, advantage they provided, especially for certain body types. But Paul Biederman broke uh, Phelps's 200 free record with a ridiculous time that's still a ridiculous time that no one has been within like two seconds of. And yeah, uh, that's it's been an era. the The swimsuit, the 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 suits have have been a very interesting uh, odyssey for swimming. I'm I'm glad it's back to more minimal suits though. I was just thinking I. There may be a box somewhere in my house where I still have a few of mine from high school. Yeah? Speedos? <laughs> i got to yeah. dig those out. <laughs> I think I had, Laura gave me a... Uh, Shocked my was, family. Try them on. Laura was sponsored by Arena, which is like bigger than Speedo, and she yeah. gave me a free... They accidentally sent her a men's suit one time, and she just gave it to me. So I have that if I ever want to race again. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, What else did I want to talk to you about? Let's see. I heard uh, you're still selling T-shirts after the show? Yeah. Yeah, despite I hate hauling those things around, but yeah, it's a good little market. 
How many different ones? One, uh, just two? two this time. I two. ran out of one, uh, the least selling one, that I didn't feel like replenishing. Okay. Participant is still available. I have Participant's that one. Participant still available. Still, still bestseller. I needed some new designs. I'm trying to figure out what. And then Dare. And then Slytherin Lacrosse is the one that sells the least. So I don't feel like packing that one. I remember. Or re-upping that. on those. I remember that. But That's just, right. I, I got a, I got diamond status and a big suitcase so now i can bring like 70 pounds worth of t-shirts on these trips holy crap yeah jeez yeah that's like bringing another person i uh well i was walking through target the other night had an emergency trip had to go over there walk past the uh like an end cap and it had books on it right next to each other are pam anderson's book and mm-hmm. prince harry Ooh. which one would you read pam anderson or prince harry prince harry Probably just because it's less trashy, yeah, or at least more informed. You know, the 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 writing is going to be more. I imagine there's less ghost writing going on when Prince Harry sits down to write a book than when Pam Anderson sure. sits down to write a book. You know, I've re- I've read so few books like from front to back. We talked about that last time because I think I have in diagnosed ADHD. Right, mm-hmm. I have trouble like I just I lose attention, never go back. One of the books I did finish probably 20 years ago or whenever when it came out was Tommy Lee's biography. Autobiography. Wow. What a waste of time that what, was. Yeah. Yeah. What was a it? waste of time. It, it, it got attention back then because he wrote a chapter from the perspective of his, of his penis. <laughs> it's kind of creative. <laughs> I like the, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, his penis is like, I'm tired. I'm a broken man. <laughs> please, please some respite <laughs> from this unending marathon that is life. And Tommy he, and Big Tommy. Yeah. I don't know which one's <laughs> Big Tommy. <laughs> I've been reading a lot. That's been my, I think, man, I talked about this last time I was here, but I started, uh, started during the pandemic where I just, I'm bad at reading, so I read the book and listen to the yeah. audiobook at the same time, and I've been able to get through at least a book a month. I read, I try to read like, my goal is 20 books a year, but I, I, I don't think I get to I, – I break 12, but I read just a ton of sci-fi now. I really love it. It's really great. And then I listen to whatever I can while I'm just on the go. We usually wrap up these uh, podcasts by talking about what your latest with math. What's going on with math? You, were t- you took a class like a year ago. You were doing yeah. some tutoring to some college kids. Still tutoring. What are you I'm doing be- now? I'm between students. I had one student for – I got to do – well, I'm not allowed to say too much. I did statistics and calculus most recently. Statistics was very fun. That was much easier than a lot of the other stuff I, I teach. Uh, and then hopefully getting a new student this semester. Uh, not doing a ton. Not like straight up doing problems or reading very much. But I am just going on YouTube and absorbing what I can while I can. But not really putting pencil to paper and like reinforcing it with problems. Sure. But just, yeah, I have a couple, like I wrote a list of goals for math of things I want to understand. I want to understand the monster. Uh, which is a, a big number in mathematics. Uh, I want to understand what else. There's a couple things. I watched a two-hour video. This is how wild YouTube is. I'm sorry, two-and-a-half-hour video of someone explaining Ted Kaczynski's doctoral thesis because he proved something in mathematics that was pretty astounding, a pretty, a, a pretty breakthrough moment in math, and I watched a very long, tedious video explaining just what he proved, and I didn't even get to the point where how he proved it, but just understanding what he proved, which was um, really, really interesting. I was way in over my head, but I left having some very, very minimal understanding of what he did and how impressive it was. But he was a very good mathematician, the Unabomber, if you don't know who I'm talking about. Right, so what you're saying is you have a new respect for the Unabomber. Yes. He really was a very smart guy, yeah. 
just mis- misdirected all that knowledge. Yeah, right? they- <laughs> you're saying. But they did. Uh, there was a good section of the video where they talked about um, how the media at this time used this as kind of this uh, attack on the character of mathematicians and this cultural. It was something that shifted culturally that it allowed people to view mathematicians as cold and inhuman and lacking in not just emotional intelligence, but full-on empathy. And they used him as this kind of, this figure of... Oh, that's not fair. It's not fair. And there's there's a bit of, I'm not saying mathematicians are a marginalized group, but they don't have the best associations with them in terms of being people people and... Uh, people, 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 yeah, people, 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 and, persons, and warm, but it, the, the, you, they showed all these media, the, these, these news stories were basically propagating this myth that, that mathematicians lack morality. Sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. I'm trying to dispel this as I sit here, as I sit here being warm and amicable. <laughs> I feel rather rigid today. I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, no, I had food poisoning no. yesterday. Ugh, yeah, that's recovering. Bad. That is awful. One final thing I want to add. So last week, James Adomian was here. Amazing, unbelievable comedian. So talented. He does the uh, you know all these voices. Uh, you know Jesse Ventura and the My Pillow guy, and he does Andy Kindler and Eddie <laughs> Pepitone. Who I sh- since then is now following me on Instagram. Ooh, congrats! Yeah, um, he's uh, like I I do talk a lot of shit on LA comics. But the ones who are good are better than any New York comic. Like, they can do something New York comics can't. And I put in that grouping, like, James Adomian and Baron Vaughn and people like Jake Weissman and the the late Jack Knight. There were were people who had this kind of raw charisma that even though they might have only been doing five sets a week versus a New Yorker's 15, they just have something in them. Adomian's one of those people. He is really that funny. Yeah, um, very nice of you to say about him. Yeah, That's great. he's brilliant. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his as well. So uh, that is going to lead me to, I was going to ask you, do you do any voices? But I know you do because you did one last night. I do a couple uh, dialects, but I can't do spot on impressions. I really do love accents and I can do. Let me remind you of one that you do. The Cajun? Well, there's that. Oh, okay. Voice of the Vibrator. Oh yeah, thank you. That's my favorite little act out. I love that. Are you talking about the throat one or the Oh, I thought you meant the ceiling vampire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a fun little trick I figured out. That's a fun that's a fun new joke that's uh allows me to play some characters. I know it's like cheesy and a bit it sounds like super pretentious to say, but it's a joke where I've been playing with like levels of like what if i go really big and then go really small and talk like this and trying to play with like tension and seeing how long i can say something kind of boring and kind of and keep the crowd on my side and and those kind of like not just go straight for punchlines, but yeah thank you thank you i appreciate oh, that's that. awesome <laughs> and i got i got russian and french and maybe some israeli accents up my sleeve just from people i've known and live with oh but sure sure i live with seven different russians while i lived in la oh wow yeah Russian mafia? No, our next door neighbor could have been. We had a Russian next door neighbor, and he and his wife, we could hear them fighting through the wall every night. I would ask my Russian roommate to translate. He was like, they are just talking. (laughs) (laughs) This is how we speak. This is how we talk. (laughs) They're saying they're in love. Yes. (laughs) They're asking about the grocery list for upcoming week. I think you ought to get this into the act. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> a lot of Russians in my life, man. <laughs> a lot. Of, I like it. Uh, all right. I think that's it. Let's do this again uh, yes. like a year from now or so. <laughs> yeah. Please bring me back. Yes. Thank you, Acme. Thank you.